Hey everyone, it's Gabor here. You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio. This is our podcast radio program. Um, been doing, I've been doing this for like five years now. And, um, well, with the objective of just having fun, uh, you know, teaching some stuff about the English language through interviews, exercises, vocabulary, um, uh, grammar explanations, and, um, and uh, you know, talking about songs and all that kind of stuff. Here's our next program, which is actually the last one for this term. This program is going on holiday for the summer. And so for today, I thought we could um, take a look at some of the stuff that we've been doing these years. And I just picked, you know, some past programs. And uh, and uh, we're going to just listen to uh, some answers that I gave uh, to students' questions. And um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be just selecting for today from those. And that's going to be pretty much it. So I hope you enjoy the program, and let's get down to it. The first clip is from, I think it was a 2017 program. The first one you're going to hear is about finding the right way to say a very widely used Spanish expression in English. So the question from my student or students is, how do you say en principio in English? Examples in Spanish would be En principio, sí. Right? Vas a ir a la fiesta. Bueno, en principio, sí. Now, in English, are you going to the party? Mm, well, you wouldn't say in, in principle. Yes. Yeah, no, that would sound very strange. And and that's not the, the answer that you're expected to give. So, what then? Well, you've got several options. But just think what you are actually saying with en principio. What you are saying is that if everything goes the way you think, then yes, you will. In other words, if the circumstances don't change or nothing, you know, unexpected comes up, then you can, and you would like to go. And that is why you say, en principio, sí. You can find this expression in more formal situations too, not just the party, yeah? For more formal situations, you can say, if all goes well, or as planned, or provided all goes well. Here's an example. En principio, el proyecto se lanzará el mes que viene. According to the plans, the project will be launched next month. Okay, I think you get the idea. It's up to the situation, which one you prefer. Okay, so much about this point. And um, let's 
take another um, example from another program. This time it's a bit of grammar. Which one is correct? Speak to somebody or speak with somebody? Um, okay, good question. I would say that um, I, I've mostly heard speak to um, in British English all the time, and uh, although speak with is used, um, but I, I kind of heard it more in American English. So this could be maybe one of the differences, but um, you should not worry too much about uh, whether uh, either of them is correct, because both of them are correct. Um, so um, you can use them. Um, perhaps speak with is a little bit more even like a business kind of um, sense. Like, you know, you speak with the manager. Um, speak to the manager. You know what? I mean, it's just the same to me. Um, I'm sure you will find forums where they where people um, have different opinions. Um, but, you know, as as far as the meaning goes and as far as the being correct uh, in, in its use goes, you're fine with both of them. Um, I use speak to most of the time, by the way. Yeah, okay. And here's another question. Uh, it's, it's in Spanish. Um, how do you say ninguno de los dos? Right. So when you have to choose between two things, um, uh, you use the, the, the word uh, either or neither, um, depending on how you start. Um, so if you say, um, if you start with neither, you would say, or neither actually, um, is one of the other pronunciations. You can say neither of the two are interesting, or neither of the two are correct in the answers, you know. Yeah. Now, if you... If you have to choose between A and B, uh, you could say neither A nor B. Fine. Okay. So let me see what else is here. Another clip. Uh, this is from a 2018 program, and it uh, answers some question about Lexis vocabulary again. All right, then. So let's kick off with the uh, first part, which is the one-minute questions. I usually answer, well, questions from students regarding grammar points or vocabulary or other things. Uh, this time, I'm going to pick a couple of things because they're quite short, so, um, you know, I can just answer them. Here's one. What does this mean? I know it's a long shot, but... I know it's a long shot, but... Well, it's an expression, it's an informal colloquial expression, if you like, which means, well, I know it's quite unlikely that you would say yes. That is, um, I know it may not work, I know it may not be possible, but let me give it a try. For example, you want somebody to, um, to do a favor for you, and you think the person is too busy or they might not like the idea. Still, you you know what you want to ask them in a friendly way, and so you say, "I know it's a long shot, but uh, could you lend me your car for the weekend?" Okay, and um, well, you know the person is probably going to say no, or it's going to be difficult for him or her to say yes, but you still give it a try. Okay, cool. Uh, here's another tip. Uh, for instance, for example, for instance, for example, what's the difference? My students ask me, and for me. They're the same. For instance, sounds a bit more formal. Maybe you'd uh, use it in, um, in a formal speech or in writing. Maybe you could use, for instance, 
um, as a variation. You know, you could just、um, not want to repeat. For example, for example, all the times、so、you might just、uh, mix the two and say, for instance, once in a while sounds sounds nice. Let's move on. As you're listening to the program, here's some tip for you: grab a piece of paper and a pencil, or your phone, wherever you like to take notes. Well, just do it. I mean, if you if you found something useful in the program, a couple of expressions, vocabulary. Some tips that will be useful. Time for some music. This one is Dire Straits. Your latest trick. Place so quick, but all I can. 
Last call for alcohol Past recall has been here and gone The landlord, he finally paid us off The satin chairs may have put away their horns And we're standing outside of this wonderland Looking sober, even sober revved Like a Bowery bomb when he finally understands The bottle's empty and there's nothing left Faster than any eye could flip But all I can do Is hand it to you And your latest trick You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio. English. Your host is Gabor Legradi. Moving on with clips from past and previous programs, here's the next one with points from students' questions. So I've got a list here in front of me with mistakes that students have made in the past in class and I'm going to pick out the ones that I think are more popular. Uh, let's begin. What do you do this morning? Well, this morning is now. Which means, what do you do is not the appropriate way to ask, because when you use what do you do, you're referring to routine or regular action. And this morning is not that, because it's just now. So, uh, you could say, what do you do in the mornings, you know, usually, which would be fine. But this morning should be, what are you doing this morning? 
you would use the continuous form in order to express that you're referring to the present moment or a short period in the present. And that short period of time can also be just ahead of you. If it's nine o'clock in the morning now, and if you're saying, what are you doing this morning, then you would be referring to the coming three hours left of the morning. In English, usually, noon is at 12 o'clock, uh, and so midday is at 12 o'clock, and that is uh, everything before 12 o'clock is the morning, and after 12 o'clock is you start the afternoon. And... Um, and that's different here in Spain, because uh, you could say good morning up to up till maybe 1 o'clock or even 1.30. But midday is when you eat lunch, and it's not so much tied to the hour, in my experience at least, here in the Barcelona area. Next thing, people is very nice. Now, this is a classic. Everybody makes this mistake at least once. <laughs> well, maybe not everybody, but most of my students have used this form. And I tell them, people are, because that's the way you're supposed to use it in English. And um, so you just look at expressions that uh, have people in them and then uh, observe. It's are, it's are, it's always plural. Right, next one. Walking. Ah, oh, this is a pronunciation issue. Walking. Don't say that all. You don't need to. Walking. Walking. Similar ones. Talking. No l pronounced in it. It's written, yes. You write the L. The consonant is there, but not pronounced. I recommend you to visit Barcelona, or I recommend you to visit the Pariguel or whatever in Barcelona. Um, yeah, you can visit it. I think it's a good idea if you visit it. It's a nice place. So I recommend it. I don't recommend you. I can't recommend you. Maybe I could recommend you for a job position. If I think you are a good professional. But we're not talking about that here. We are talking about, you know, a popular sightseeing destination. And so if I think it's worth visiting something, I would say I recommend visiting this or that place. In our example, I recommend visiting the Parguel or I recommend visiting the park the Ciudadela, or I recommend visiting whatever museum, etc. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Well, it's not interesting, it's interesting. Another classic mistake, you know, that um, I have heard, well, a couple of hundred times, probably, <laughs> over the past more than 10 years teaching here. But anyway, um, course I'm just joking but uh, but a lot of students pronounce that um, that way and it's just interesting interesting not interesting trousers this trousers no 
These trousers should be plural. These, not this. Or, I had this jean. I had this jean? No, jeans. Right? We're referring to the clothing, yeah? I had these jeans. Or, I had this pair of jeans. You know, clothes that have two parts are supposed to be plural. Jeans, socks, gloves. I don't like the street markets. Me too. Okay, uh, if you say you don't like the street markets and someone else feels the same way, they can't say me too, because me too would be confirmation of a positive affirmation. Now, if that sounds too technical, let's look at the example. I don't like street markets. Me neither. I like street markets. Me too. You know, positive, positive. Negative, negative confirmation. Me neither. I like it. Me too. I don't like it. Me neither. Okay, and before doing the last clip for today, I'd like to remind you of the importance of being patient with your progress and uh, being consistent. Um, you know, what I find, especially at companies that I teach with uh, students, is that uh, at the beginning of the course, they kind of commit themselves to doing like one or two extra hours of English at home or outside class, but then they end up not doing much because they say, oh, you know, I, there's no time, they're busy. And I understand that. But it's really, you've got to find the time if you want progress. And it's just, you don't need hours and hours every day if you can't, obviously. Uh, who can? But, uh, but just, you know, um, 20, 30 minutes of intense or concentrated work, rather. You know, doing stuff that you enjoy be it reading or listening, um, vocabulary learning or whatever, will greatly, um, uh, I mean, will give you results and, uh, and you'll notice that. But it takes time. And I always recommend to my students to look for material that they're interested in. If they like science, well, go for it. If they like history, go for that. Uh, if you like, uh, I don't know, nature, there's so much material about everything on the internet that it's impossible not to find something that you like. And if you like reading more, do it. If you like listening, do that. Watching videos, great. Uh, the point is, um, do it and go back and do it again. And then the more listening you do, the more details you will understand. And then you, you can take notes and then you can pick out expressions and, and, and stuff that you really like. Okay, and there's one more clip left for today. Let's see what we can learn from this one. Here we go. First question. What's the meaning of ain't? You can see this a lot in songs, for example. Well, ain't, first of all, is not considered to be an educated use of English. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means that it's 
a substitute word. Although some people argue that it's not even a word. But anyway, if you flip the dictionary open, you can actually find that word in the entries. And uh, what does a dictionary say about ain't? Well, ain't covers um, the meaning of uh, the combination of other words. Ain't can mean am not or are not or is not. And it can also mean have not got, haven't got or hasn't got. Right, examples. For example, you can say it ain't heavy. It isn't heavy. It ain't heavy. Or there ain't no butter in the fridge. There isn't any butter in the fridge. That is, there ain't, uh, as you can see, it often goes with a double negative. So, there ain't no butter in the fridge, which is, you know, not considered to be correct in English, but people use it, and you can hear it. And um, so, now you know what it means. Let's move on. Um, let's just go ahead here. Next question. Hmm. Yeah, how do you say lo más tarde? Lo más tarde. Well, you can say no later than or at the latest. For example, I'll send you the report on Monday at the latest. Okay. Difference between goal, aim, target or objective. Hmm. Well, I would say that aim and target may sound a little more technical, professional, but not necessarily. Because you can say your professional goals are... So anyway, I can't really tell you. Goal. You can have a personal goal, which is something you want to achieve. A personal target? Hmm, not so much. Your aim... Maybe. Objective. Yeah, you can say that. You've got an objective, a personal objective. All right, conclusion. Hmm, read. Read, look for examples, you know, and, and just learn to use them. And then they will sound right. And when they sound right, that's a pretty good sign that, you know, you're kind of on the right track and using them correctly. Um, right. A responsible or a supervisor? Hmm, yeah, of course in Spanish, un responsable is a person. Yeah, kind of a, you know, a person who has some supervising tasks and responsibilities. So you can say responsibility, but not a uh, responsible. You could say a responsible person, but that's different. Anyway, if you want to say that there is a person in charge of something, you could say he's a supervisor or a manager or the person in charge. Yeah, well, okay, questions here. What's the difference between fun and funny? Oh yeah, this gets kind of mixed up oftentimes and that's, well, I don't know why that is. It doesn't matter, really. 
But here's the explanation of the difference. Fun is when you have a good time. And funny is something or someone that or who makes you laugh. So, a funny film, a funny comment, a funny person, they will make you laugh. Or smile, at least. You know, uh, but um, fun. Fun is having a good time. So, have fun. It means have a good time. Enjoy what you're doing. That would be the difference. So, okay, I think that's enough for today. And we can look at more examples next time. English, create English today. We've come to the end of the program. This was Create English on Ribollet Radio. Create English today. I wish you a good summer holiday. Still, like, a few weeks away, but anyway. Have fun. Take care. And bye now. Go for English today. Creating English.